0: From the team behind the award-winning documentary She, welcome to She Goes by Jane.
1: I'm your host, author, and poet, Amy Baker. And I'm Vanessa Ciccarelli, photographer and independent filmmaker. At the end of this two-part episode, we'll be joined by actress Raven Goodwin, who will read the abduction narrative. Hey, Vanessa. Hi, Amy. Hi. Do you ever,
0: like, think about how much you trust what other people are telling you? All the time. All the time. So, like, if someone came up to you and was like, hey, like, I'm so-and-so and I'm a doctor, do you, like, automatically question that? Would you, like, believe
1: them? Well, for that, I think I'd believe them. Okay. Yeah.
0: What if someone was like, hey, I'm a doctor and I work for NASA?
1: Well, then maybe I wouldn't. Or maybe I'd believe that they're a doctor and that maybe they've done something for NASA at some point and now they just consider themselves working for them.
0: Okay. It's like, it's like levels of, yeah. Cause I was thinking like, you know, if someone said that to me, like if that they're a doctor, I would probably believe them. If they said they worked for NASA, I would believe them. Yeah.
1: Right. It's not that far off. And also why would you lie about those things?
0: Right. Those just seem like pretty normal everyday things. What if someone said they're an alien?
1: Then I would probably make up an excuse as to why I have to leave and do something else, because I <laughs> certainly wouldn't believe that. Yeah, yeah, that would get into a spot where I think I would feel extremely uncomfortable with where the conversation is heading.
0: Right. So, like, I just like sometimes I just wonder, like, who are the people who would believe those things?
1: I am not sure. I, I, I know there are people who believe those things, and I think it. I think in some realm, it's fun to believe those things when it's not the person talking to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can kind of believe, like, maybe there are UFOs out there or something like that. But for you to be seeing somebody in front of you who looks and sounds like a human trying to tell you that they're an alien, that's where things get uncomfortable.
0: Right. So, like, a lot of what we're going to be talking to about today is who who to believe, why people believe them. and And we are delving into the world of aliens, which... Um, With a missing person's case is going to feel a little bit odd, but there's so many sensational things about this case that I wanted to talk to you about today, but I really wanted to like make sure that we kind of downplay some of the more sensational elements and really focus on what happened. Sounds good. Okay. So like today we are talking about a woman who is missing, um, but we most likely are Are well aware of what happened to her because there are people who have been convicted of her murder uh, which is a lot different than a lot of missing persons cases where we're like i don't know what happened to Mm -hmm. them so we're going to talk today about a woman named girly chu who has been missing since 1999 and was most likely murdered very shortly after she was kidnapped okay so uh this case is it's been covered a lot, you know, the trial for it was all over court TV. Um, so it's highly likely that a lot of our listeners have heard this story before, but I think it's important to cover for a lot of reasons. And one, um, is to like shine a little bit more of a light on, on her life before this like sensational murder happens. Her name is Girly Chu. She's often referred to by her married name, Girly Chu Hassinkoff, but during the, the trial, uh, during the sentencing of one of her murderers, someone made a, a really great point that we should not refer to her by her married name and by the person who killed her, which is her husband. So that's the
1: Hassencroft? Yeah. So just Gurley Chu. Gurley Chu. Okay.
0: So Girlie was born in 1963. She's the oldest of three children. Um, she lives in Malaysia and worked at a bank there and she worked at one of their most like popular banks because it is visited by tourists all the time because it's in this like historic building and so she decides to take a trip in 1989 with one of her friends so they decide they're going to take a girl's trip to the united states and that's her first trip to the u.s okay so there are two different stories that happen here we're trying to, like, leave room for both of them. She comes to the United States, and they decide they like it so much, they are going to come back every year. So she starts doing tourism to the United States regularly. Okay. So there's two stories. One is that she
1: meets who will be her future husband at SeaWorld. So he she meets him on one of those trips, or is it, like, is it on one of the early trips, or do we know? Well,
0: like somewhere in the 90s
1: okay. she meets him at SeaWorld.
0: So one story is she met him there. And then there's another story that um, she actually saw an advertisement that he took out in a pen pal magazine. And she starts writing to him. And that's how they got to know each other.
1: Okay. So we don't know.
0: It's either one of those okay. stories. Um, she she did tell both of those stories to various people. Okay. So I don't know. Could be both. It could, it could be both, right? Like she could have had a pen, like written to him as a pen pal and then met him at SeaWorld. I don't know. That's how my parents met, by the way. At SeaWorld? No, as pen pals. <laughs> <laughs> Not at SeaWorld. <laughs> okay. So she meets him and at some point he... He basically asks her to move to the United States to marry him. And he writes this very long letter to her parents, basically, like, apologizing for not, you know, asking their permission to marry their daughter. He tells them that he's a a doctor and that he works for NASA and that, you know, he'll provide, like, basically a good life for her. Gurley believes that he's a doctor she believes that he worked for NASA. She also believes what he told her, which is that he, he lived in Switzerland and had, like, a trust fund there. He's like trust fund baby, basically.
1: Okay. So, I mean, all of that seems like it could be believable, especially for somebody who doesn't live in the United States, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, that's okay. Are...
0: Like, she's, yeah. Yeah. Like, why would you necessarily question those things?
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. So... Her parents are not necessarily thrilled with this setup. Their daughter is like moving halfway across the world for like to be with someone that they've not met. There's some like red flags there for them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, ultimately what she does is fly to the United States, specifically to New Mexico to meet up with who will be her future husband. His name is said a lot. And so during this, we're just going to call him her husband. Sounds good. Yeah. Like he doesn't need any more name recognition there and the name that she knew him by is not his real name anyway so husband's fine husband's fine so she flies in at the end of december and they get married early the next year in 1993 so that's where we are with that he buys a ring she moves in with him they eventually move into a house on this street called Moon Northeast in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and everything seems to be going fine. But there is a room in the house that he tells her that she cannot go into.
1: Okay, that's very strange, right? right?
0: It's very Bluebeard. Like it's, it's yeah. Like what is in there? What is in there? Yeah. She does not go into the room though, because like that is his personal space. When he's home with her, he spends most of his time in there.
1: Would you be able to do it? No. Me neither. I would be breaking into that room. Like
0: immediately. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't have like great boundaries. So So I I would have broken into the room.
1: Yeah. I I I think I have okay boundaries, but not when it comes to something that weird. Right. Like a whole room. A whole room in a house that you're supposed to be sharing. So it's not like you're just visiting even. And even if you are, like what the heck is in that room?
0: What the heck is in the room? So now you want to know what's in the room. I
1: want to know what's in the room I'll very tell you what's in the because eventually. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know not just like he's concealing a mess, like a normal, like <laughs> like if you're coming to my house and I'm like, please don't go in that closet. You know, it's just because it's really messy and things might injure you.
0: Right. Like you've picked up everything in the house and like shoved it into the closet. Before. I have one of those. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. But like, if it's your partner and it's a room that you're not allowed to go into. Right. It's something different, right?
1: what's in the room
0: right okay. so so they move in together They've, they're they renting this house there's the room she gets a job at a local albuquerque bank so she continues her career that she had started in malaysia and they send her to like basically one of like the worst branches because like they can't keep employees there but like it's important to know that Gurley is super dedicated to her job. She's very professional, super efficient, and she, like, excels there. So she's doing good.
1: That's great. Yeah.
0: Um. She makes a friend at the bank named Ernie, who's a woman. And, you know, Ernie and Gurley and the husband, like, often have, like, social interactions with one another. Now, what Ernie says is, like, she sees red flags pretty early. Like she initially believes the whole doctor thing, but she starts to get a little suspicious of what's going on because he, based on the timeline that he has told them, would have just graduated medical school. But he's also gone all the time because he says that he's an in-demand heart and lung surgeon across the country and they call him out all the time to go on cases. And so he is traveling for that. And she's suspicious because she's like, didn't that
1: guy just graduate? He's too new to be that in demand. Right. Right. And how did he fit in his career with NASA into this? Yeah. He's multi-talented. I guess. I guess.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So things are, are are progressing in terms of Girlie's relationship with her husband. She is unable to get pregnant. So she starts some fertility treatments. Those are unsuccessful. So instead they get a puppy. Okay. Okay. And then the puppy dies. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why? They get a replacement puppy. Okay. That puppy goes missing.
1: What is happening to the puppies? Are they in the room? (laughs) someone check the room
0: (laughs) someone check the room um it doesn't really like sound so good right it
1: doesn't sound good because you know one puppy maybe maybe two puppies two puppies no no no
0: No. so ernie's like "Mm." right "Mm." but also you know girly you know cannot have children she she does not want to adopt but one day the husband comes home with a baby what like a a whole baby vanessa
1: where did this baby come from
0: okay so girly says like he has adopted this baby that's what he has told her with like as a surprise it seems to be i'm not sure of the like actual dynamics here um but ernie does say that girly had not wanted to adopt
1: imagine just being surprised one day with a baby
0: I mean, I was not surprised with a baby and just, like, I couldn't handle, like, a whole baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I planned a baby. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. That was overwhelming. Okay. So, we're – it's a son and this is the kid they're going to raise together. Okay. So, we're going to refer to him as the son. Okay. Yeah. He deserves some some privacy.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. And poor yeah. kid.
0: The poor kid. So, like – He's, he's brought in, and Gurley starts raising him as her son. No choice. No choice. This is where we are, right? They're married in 1993, but in 1998, things start to get, like, publicly more apparent that things are not good in their marriage.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So there is... A domestic violence incident in their house in January 1998. It's pretty violent. It seems that Gurley has found out that he is having an affair with someone. Okay. Okay. So she has gone to that person and was like, he's married. And? And then, of course, the husband finds out that Girlie spoke to his mistress, and it's not good. So he starts beating on her. Um, they have, for some reason, like a live-in renter who's, like, renting a room in their house, who walks in on the incident. They're in the kitchen, and he's hitting her. That causes them to move into the, the bedroom, um, and the renter runs out to the neighbor's house and gets the neighbor to come help. So in this, girlie has been um, hit. He's put his hands on her throat. A dresser has fallen on her. Oh, wow. or he pushed a dresser on her. Not sure. When the neighbor arrives, he has her, and he is hitting her face against a wall. The police arrive, and it's very clear a domestic incident has just happened, and they arrest him. So he is taken into jail at 6 something at night um and is released like 7 hours later.
1: Okay. And do we know if he was violent before? The mistress? I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Right. So seems unlikely to me that he this was the first time, but this is the first like kind of very documented moment of abuse on his part. Okay. So he's been arrested, comes back to the house. She has not left him. She has decided to stay with him. Mm-hmm. Then the case is dismissed. So The domestic violence case is dismissed about a year later.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So we're a year later. It's, it's January 1999. This is where things start to pick up a lot. He asks her to drive to a local like restaurant that's in a hotel and asks her to like go pick up a menu because it's 1999 and that is like
1: not not too odd
0: right not too odd and it's like not on the internet right like now we would just like Mm -hmm. look it up but then no so she's like okay (laughs) great so she agrees to this it's late she's gonna drive and pick up a menu from this restaurant and she encounters him inside the garage, kneeling by one of her tires and messing with it.
1: Okay. So he asks her to go somewhere and then he goes out and he's immediately messing with her car. Yeah. Okay. Right.
0: So she's like, are you trying to kill me? hmm Right. Because like clearly suspicious man.
1: Right. Something's going on.
0: Right. So he attacks again. This time, she runs to the neighbor's house who lets her in. They call the police, and she definitely has to seek medical care. On her medical chart, it says something along the lines of, like, husband tried to kill her. Okay. She files for
1: divorce the next day. So what's happening with the the baby during all of this? Like, where... what What is the idea of, like, bringing a child home to raise with your wife and then all of a sudden now trying to kill or abuse your wife? Like, what, what is that?
0: Right. So the baby has been, um, you know, girly works all the time, right? So she, she's a, a regular, like, she, professional woman. He's gone a lot. Um, so they're relying on these neighbors to do the child care.
1: The neighbors that everybody keeps going to right. every time he does something wrong oh no yeah. so but i'm going to tell you
0: at, at this point something that Gurley does not know the child that he has brought in is in fact his biologically oh yeah oh yes so on one of his times that he was away he met a woman in um canada
1: separate from the mistress this is like another yeah. mistress?
0: Yes. So there are are many women in this scenario. So this is the the child's mother. He meets her and they basically start a relationship, like and she lets him have this baby. So, okay. <laughs> so at some point he decides that he is going to impregnate this woman.
1: He deliberately decided to.
0: Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Basically, this man is has a a history of convincing people of a lot of things. How does he have time to accomplish all of this? He's gone all the time, right? Oh my god! What what responsibilities does he have? He doesn't actually have a job. Like he has no actual job. He is not employed as a surgeon. He does not have a medical degree. Like he's just completely lying about a lot of things.
1: So where does money come from? Am I am I too far ahead? You're
0: okay. Okay. So so basically, this woman, he convinces that he's in love with her and that they have a relationship. And at some point he intentionally decides he's going to impregnate her. She gets pregnant and has the baby, and he convinces her that there is something medically wrong with the child, that he has to take the baby from her. Mm -hmm. So he convinces her to fly to Mexico when the baby is about three weeks old. And then he takes the baby from her.
1: So this baby's basically kidnapped from its mom now at this point. At this point. Okay.
0: She thinks that like there's something going on medically with the child and that there's a reason that like she can't be with her her child. And this is the baby he brings back to Gurley. But Gurley doesn't know this. She just thinks that there's been some sort of like adoption process that has happened. Oh, okay. Right. So we have like a complication here and that this child is biologically the husband's, but she doesn't know that.
1: Right, okay. Okay,
0: so she files for divorce. She is going to leave him. Now, in the meantime, at some unknown point in time, she has decided to go into the locked room.
1: Okay, finally.
0: Yes. This is where she finds out some things that the name that he told her is not the name that he was born with. Okay. Okay. Um, She finds out that he is not a medical doctor. Okay. Okay. Um, She finds out that um, there are other women. One, he has a restraining order against him by another woman
1: okay yeah sounds like he should have had a safety deposit box somewhere else with all these papers than locking them into that room right
0: um but girly does have a safe deposit box and she takes some of the documents that she finds in that room and puts it in her safe deposit box smart girl yeah yeah so she at this point has moved from like a domestic violence situation to really understanding that um this is like much more complicated right that mm-hmm. he has lied to her about basically everything
1: so now we're wishing she's getting away right now but yeah
0: so like we want
1: right girl
0: run um so she takes out a restraining order against him
1: okay so she's doing all the right things at this point right
0: she's doing all the things that people would tell you to do okay so she has left him she has filed for divorce She's taken out a restraining order. She gives a copy of that restraining order to her boss at the bank. And this is an important part. She tells her boss at the bank, if I do not come to work, something has happened to me. Okay. So
1: she really knows.
0: Yeah. So she she knows that she's in danger in mm-hmm. some way. She, I mean, he has now, like, I think probably messing with her car in a way that, like, he hoped that she might have gotten into an accident. It's kind of giving those vibes. Right. Right. She takes this many steps further to ensure safety. So she has initially like a joint custody arrangement for the son. Okay. He is using that relationship to kind of bully her and abuse her more.
1: Oh, yeah. Because like now she can't be entirely away from him because right. of this
0: child. child. Right. Which is like, we see that a lot in domestic violence issues where our intimate partner issues where there's a child involved, right? The child Mm -hmm. becomes kind of the pathway to keep enacting abuse. So she knows that she is not safe. So in March of 1999, she actually um, gives up and terminates her parental rights. Okay. Um, And she ends up having to pay the husband $100 a month in child support. Oh my gosh.
1: Okay. Right? Right. For her, his kid, for what is he his kidnapped. kidnapped? Yeah, yeah, okay,
0: yeah. So she, she does, she can't make this on her like bank salary. So she actually takes a second job so that she can do this. Um, she moves to an apartment and she keeps her apartment location pretty secret. So she gets an apartment. It's got a security guard out front. She does not tell her friend where she lives. Even.
1: Oh really? So- yeah, because like. Her husband knows this friend right Right. so then even if you approach her there's nothing she can say she would exactly truthfully not know not
0: not know okay Okay. so so she's being really smart yeah there is one person at the bank who's like a younger male employee who helps her move her stuff into her apartment so he knows where she lives but everyone else is like keeping it quiet okay she does that. She still thinks though that her husband is stalking her and he has threatened to kill her at some point. He is charged along the way with three counts of violating her restraining order.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So her boss is like, "Well, maybe like we can hide her somewhere and she like puts her in for a transfer so that like they won't know what bank she's working at." So they're like trying to do all these steps, but like at the time of her disappearance she's still working in her regular bank okay. in june she's like i'm gonna level up i'm gonna take karate lessons so like cool. clearly she feels unsafe
1: and she doesn't want to move back to malaysia
0: yeah i don't know like she at this point she's still married right
1: yeah
0: um she had just ended her custody who she thinks of as her child she is got a job. She's got some friends, right? It's too bad. <laughs> right. And there's some pending court cases, right? So, like, the divorce has to go through and, and there's these restraining order things. There's also, like, the last domestic violence charge from January of
1: 1999. Like, so, there's some stuff. Okay. Like, okay. We'll be back in a moment.
2: Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seaton Tucker and I Come play with us.
0: So we're in the summer of 1999. Okay. Okay. So she's doing all these things. She's trying to stay safe. Meanwhile, what she doesn't know is that her husband, who is still her husband at this time, meets who we're going to call the mistress in our retelling here
1: okay and this is the same mistress that he had the night he that she found out and he no abused new her. new man. this is a new, new mistress. mistress okay so that was one we're done with her and now we're on a new mistress that we just met
0: yeah i mean i think like it might be important to know that the the one and done is probably like many and done
1: okay so <laughs> like so all of the others are we think done ish or uh, ish. whatever they're Let's call those girlfriends. So this is going to be the mischief This now. is the mistress. Right. So okay. he meets her
0: at what we're understanding is some sort of talk about... It's important to know. This is like the late 90s. So we're going to set the scenes here. There is a talk... That is being given about aliens, specifically that those aliens are reptilian in nature.
1: Okay, so she's at the talk and he's... This is where the mistress says that she met him at this... Okay, so, so going back to like that alien question at the beginning. Right. She's already kind of on board.
0: She's already kind of on board. The mistress previously had clearly been like seeking some like social groups so she had previously joined a social group for women who collected dolls and they would like hang out and talk about oh. doll collections okay okay <laughs> and then gets involved in a ufo group okay so she, her her social group is now the, the broad like, interests right Broad <laughs> from dolls to ufos yeah yeah
1: definitely yeah okay
0: she she meets him there. That's what she says.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. So she brings him to her UFO group. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and both she and he start telling people that he is a many thousands year old alien.
1: Okay. Okay. So did he tell her this first? Is it something that they're fabricating together? Is it something she truly believes by like... Looking into his eyes, like what would make her think? What makes you believe that? I am not sure, but she does believe. She believes it.
0: It seems okay based on on what she says. Subsequently, she buys into this that he is a many thousands year old alien. Sometimes it's one thousand years old. Sometimes it's ten thousand years old, and he is stuck on Earth, and also that he has leukemia. Oh. Yes. This leukemia lie is something that he tells frequently.
1: Why? Why would you? He, okay. Is it for like a sympathy thing or?
0: It He does like sympathy. Okay. So, you know, if we kind of, I don't want to spend too much time analyzing his life. Right. Right. He was married previously. He had a son in his first marriage um, and she ends up divorcing him because he's cheating on her. Okay. But after that, he starts going out into the world and telling people all sorts of lies. So it starts out kind of the history of his lies starts with him saying to people like, oh, my wife and child died in a car accident.
1: Oh no. Okay.
0: Right. Um, and it's not not a son, it's a daughter. So my wife and daughter die in a car accident. And then it kind of like builds a little from there. Like my wife and daughter died in a car accident, but I'm a geneticist and I kept some of my daughter's hair and I will in the future genetically engineer a new version of my daughter. No. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, right so and then some people he tells like i have leukemia and it seems like again that like sympathy
1: okay okay
0: to be clear he does not have leukemia
1: it just Um, seems like a like a lot for one person to be trying to convince people of and a lot for him to be thinking up like
0: yeah so previously you asked me like where does his money come right from it's because he's like scamming people so some people he tells them i'm a geneticist and i've mapped the whole human genome won't you invest in my company and people do okay um some people he says like he has discovered the serum that will enable them to either a live forever or b reverse aging. Oh no. And why do we believe what this man says anymore? I have no idea. I have no idea. So like one 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 woman who was quite wealthy was dying of breast cancer and he convinced her that if she took this serum, she would be able to recover from cancer and like reverse age um and then he started injecting her with his own blood because he told her i took the serum so all i have to do is take my blood and stick it in you and you will also have access to that
1: what even happens when you do that i don't know that doesn't like safe like your blood (laughs) types are not the same and like that seems okay i don't know about any of that but i it just sounds unhealthy
0: right so he has A long history of lying to people and his current iteration of it is that he's a reptilian alien and has leukemia okay yeah it's just too much so like this is a group of ufo people but apparently the ufo people were like not buying it
1: is it the reptilian part did that just go over the edge too much
0: like I don't know which part. Like, <laughs> like, like is that
1: just like too much?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, like this is a group of people who like meets because of their like shared interest in UFOs, and they're like, mm, not it, dude. No. You know? But there is one man there who is. We're going to refer to him as M. Okay. He is a retired electrician. He's married. He's got two teenage kids. He is described very often as like a nice guy, which I'm always suspicious of people who are described as nice guys. (laughs) Really, Amy? I am. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, particularly if you self-describe yourself as a nice guy, then like...
1: Well, self-describing doesn't count. But like if other people call you a nice guy...
0: I'm still suspicious. Right. You're most likely
1: a serial killer. Right. Right. They're always the quiet one.
0: Right yeah so this guy though he he's very like anti-government he, he's kind of like early like this is like you know late 90s precursor to com- some stuff that we're seeing now but um he believes that like the government's going to like harm people kind of like some militia leanings okay um and part of this ufo group and he listens to you know husband and who will become the mistress and he's like yeah i buy it that guy is an alien so
1: these three become friends yes okay
0: okay girly does not know any of this is happening like she's just trying to survive in her her new life and what she is waiting for is that in july her domestic violence issue from january is going to come to trial okay Okay, so she's, like, waiting for that. So around this time, her husband also puts their house up for sale. And then the trial gets moved to late September. So she's been waiting for this moment. And no, gets pushed off. So around this time, like, another person kind of tangentially enters the scene. It's another woman her um, name is Judy. She owns like a motel kind of situation. And this is where the husband starts bringing the kid.
1: Okay, so she is she friends with the husband or with girly? Friends with the husband. So all of these people end up like being part of his... His circle. Okay. People.
0: He tells this woman that he is looking for someone to adopt his son. He also tells her he can help her with aging he also says that his son so his son when his son is there like keeps on asking for girly well yeah yeah mom and to explain it he tells this woman that um his son was part of a government program in which there are 12 babies who were born on the same day who were like basically started in a lab and They've okay. been genetically engineered, and um, that the project's name is Project Girly.
1: Okay. Does he ever make up anything that's even remotely believable?
0: No, but I like. But people,
1: people still believe it.
0: People still believe it, and I was also like, like as soon as I read that, I was like, oh my god, that's the plot of The Umbrella it Academy.
1: Totally is. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that too.
0: And then I had to do some research. The Umbrella Academy like did not exist yet at this time, so
1: so it's not a it's mm-hmm. not a ripoff, but it, maybe his story is an inspiration. Who knows like what the heck right what the heck? <laughs> um so this woman believes him too she's okay. like oh yeah that
0: seems normal so she thinks she's having a relationship with them they're like instant messaging at the time
1: so this is another romantic relationship or is this just a friendship
0: it seems romantic in nature they're definitely like sexting was sexting a thing
1: yes vanessa <laughs> yeah i guess so i guess so yeah I, I, maybe i didn't text enough in the 90s <laughs> We learned some things about each other. Right. <laughs> sting was a thing. Anyway. Um <laughs> How can I think about the nineties as so long ago, but also not at the same time? I know. I think like, that's where I'm I'm like, Yeah. Wait. It seems like pre you know, but no. Okay.
0: You just have to visualize like what were think back, like what were the late nineties like? Right. Right. So Judy, the new lady, um, she tries to find like an adoptive couple for the son. It falls through, the because the couple takes the kid and the kid like attacks their other kid. Okay, and so they're like hard pass on well, the situation, yeah. right? And their kind of communication, the husbands and Judy's like fizzles out. So, so yeah. We- we're kind. We're almost done. We're with done. Her. With she, she reappears later, but you know she's just kind of in the the mix. He contacts another woman to facilitate an adoption. She is concerned though about the child's health, and based on like kind of what is going on, is worried that the child might have been kidnapped. Okay. Right. So she is like red flags are here. So she contacts the FBI. Okay. On her 36th birthday, Girlie is called into the FBI to sort of ascertain, like, where this kid came from and what might be going on. But, again, like, Girlie does not know much about this. Okay. Right. Um, but she spends part of her 36th birthday just, like, going over this. Okay. So that's kind of, like, the precursor of what's going on before she goes missing. Okay so it is the now the day that Girlie is last seen which is september 9th 1999 she does her usual work day she's in a competition to get the most referrals okay. um because she's like a badass hard worker right so she is staying to like manually enter in all of her referrals so her her work colleagues see her there um she then goes to her po box so she has a P.O. box for additional safety so that people won't know her address. She checks her mail and she mails out a letter to her parents in Malaysia at 7.03 PM, which is significant. She calls her phone company because there's a missing bill. So okay. she's trying to handle that. So we do know there's an outgoing call at that time. Now, one of the safety things that Girlie set up is that she would call her friend or her friend would call her when she got home from work. Okay. that there's a safety check-in we're calling ernie ernie okay so she's going to check in that's their safety protocol her friend does not hear from her okay so she starts calling between like 7 and 9 p.m pretty like regularly trying to get in touch with her
1: and no answers no answers okay
0: eventually her friend's like i'm gonna go to bed maybe something came up she forgot we'll see in the morning." The next morning, early supposed to be at work. She doesn't arrive. Immediately, her boss is like, oh no. The work colleagues are like, oh no. She's never late. She never misses work. Something's going on.
1: And she gave them that scary warning. And she
0: gave them that scary warning. Her friend, Ernie, she's like, I'm going to call her in the morning. Does not get in touch with her. Calls the bank and is like, is she there? And then they're like, something's wrong. Something is definitely wrong.
1: So at this point, Ernie knows that Girlie's not answering the phone and Girlie's already given that, that warning to everybody at work that if, like, it's almost like she knew she was going to go missing at some point. It's just like, if something happens to me, Mm -hmm. this is, this is what's happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's very clear that she was aware that something could happen to her and her friends were aware too. I mean, I think like revisiting what you said earlier about what like girlie's doing—all the right things.
1: She is right. She's doing everything that I think any of us would think to do,
0: right? And it just thinks that like, or it just seems like that our systems do not do enough to protect people who are trying to leave like intimate partner violence situations or domestic violence situations if you do all the things that you should and also you take those things a step further
1: right well and she was doing those things she had the the restraining orders but it just seems like the violation of that wasn't taken as seriously you you feel like if somebody violated that that something more would happen to protect you
0: right but like even things like her domestic violence case like The initial trial is like six months after that happens.
1: So much can happen
0: in this amount of time, right? Yeah. And then it gets moved, you know, a few more months down the line. So like in those intervening months, what would anyone do, right?
1: Right. We're giving ample time for not only doing something, but planning to do something.
0: Exactly. Girlie's case is, is the story of so many women in particular who are trying to leave abusive partnerships
1: you're right this case is very very complicated um and there's just so much to it so i'm i'm looking forward and i'm sure the listeners are also looking forward to hearing about what happens next now we are going to listen to amy's poem the abduction narrative read by raven goodwin raven has been acting since she was four years old with childhood roles in Disney's Good Luck Charlie and Just Jordan on Nickelodeon. More recently, she has worked on shows like Being Mary Jane and the Showtime comedy Smilf. She also played Denise Clark Bradford in the biopic The Clark Sisters, The First Ladies of Gospel, alongside Missy Elliott, Queen Latifah, and Mary J. Blige.
2: The Abduction Narrative, girly Chu coughed, 36, missing since September 9th, 1999, from Albuquerque, New Mexico. One. Capture. On the drive home, she still finds bits of glass, incandescent in the stillness of the car, wind scuttling through a hole in her window, symmetrical like a fist, again surrounded by the gray light of her room, she leaves an offering to the goddess of mercy poured from the tap. From behind, she cannot see the approach of the other woman whose skin phosphoresces with the waning day. And soon, like some tentacle creature, the woman is everywhere, pulling. Two. Procedure. She once helped a boy create a spaceship from cardboard and duct tape. Smooth ridges over angles, a thing of industry now looped around her wrist, pulled tight across lips. It is like this that they examine her body, leave their mark. Three, Tor. Within a triangle, things are lost. There is a house on the moon where he once told her he has been alive for several thousand years. Yet still, there was a strength in his hands the time he wrapped them around her throat. There is a house where he made love to his creature, her skin glittering under arcs of light. And there is her home, the fiery orange carpet creased with bleach and the goddess of mercy Keeping watch. 4. Time. On the road to Magdalena, sound is cyclical. This is how minutes go missing. There is just breathing, the dry sound of gestures, voices. It is easy to forget what came before the scent of jackfruit and fig, the weight of air before a monsoon the electric blue heat that used to be love. Five, return. The narrative leaves space for her body's return. A ritual passage from one place to another. The ability to be left with a sense of foreboding. It remains empty. Six, aftermath. In the distance, like bingo lights, Beams of light flash by on the highways, incandescent lanes scaling through the sand. Here, the air is cleansed of water, the breeze heavy with iron, as the world seems to collapse in on itself. This is the way stars burn out.
0: For more information about our show or to check out other shows on the network, please visit evergreenpodcast.com. Who Killed is an evergreen podcast, killer podcasts, and slow burn media production. Subscribe today, wherever you get your favorite
2: shows. I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you. Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? (sighs) Download American Vigilante now.